right, everybody. That's the fastest I've moved in a long time. I'm getting up here. I'm just going to drink someone's water. I don't know whose this is. <laughs> just kidding. That's mine. <laughs> That's gross. I wouldn't do that. Hey, everybody. Uh, my name is Clayton. I'm the pastor here at Central. If you're a guest, I'm excited that you're here with us as well. Uh, just like Noah was talking about, just like you saw the, the little video, we're in the middle of the sermon series called Finding Your Fit. And if you'd like to follow along, Scan that QR code. We got the notes on there um, for you digitally this, this morning. Uh, but the last couple of weeks, we've been talking about finding your fit in, in small groups. So if you haven't done that yet, man, go do that at the end of the service. Find your fit in serving. So if you want to do that as well, there's lots of opportunities. You can go back to the Central Hub or online on our website. You can, lots of different ways to get connected with us, and you can find your fit um, that way. Well, one thing that I've realized about small groups, this is kind of pretty obvious, is that small groups at Central are much smaller than the, the fans that are in the stands at a football game, right? I mean, if you're at a football game, there's tons of people, and usually I think there's like three different kinds of groups at a, at a football game. You have family. So the family, they sit 50-yard line right up front. If your kid is playing the game or if you're the family of, of the coach, um, you're sitting down front and you're all in, right? Every single play, you are, you're ready and watching and ready to clap and uh, you're all in. And then there's also the, the supporters. You have the, the people that are, their kids might not be in the game, but they're diehard fans and they're going to go to every game. They've been a part of, they've been a season ticket holder for a really long time and they're always um, going to be there. And then you've got the socials. How many of you guys are just the social football fan? Like you go to the game and you just want to talk to people, you know? I mean, you look over the student section, that's how like most of the student section is. And you can tell that someone's a social person at the game because your team will score a touchdown and they don't even realize, right? I mean, they're just talking and having a good time. They're getting nachos and popcorn. They're just there to socialize. Well, in the church, I think there's kind of probably three different kinds of groups that come to the church. You have the, the long-term family, the people that have been here for, for a considerable amount of time. These are the all-in people. Then you've got some newbies, some people that maybe have been coming for a while and maybe just joined the church and they're still trying to figure this out and they're, they're, kind, they're, they're kind of new to this place. And then you've got the people who are just checking it out. They're just here trying to figure out, is this a fit for, for me? And they're just trying to find the right place and the right church to, to belong to. Or they're, they're checking out Jesus for the first time and trying to understand, is this something, something for me? And let me ask this question for us this morning. Why are you here? Like you specifically and your family, why are you here? For some of you might say, well, that's, this is my home. I'm a member of this church, and this is literally where I fit. I feel like this is the place for me and where I belong. And some of you, you may be trying to see if this is your fit. But something that we've realized is that there's honestly a lot of confusion about what it means to be a member of a church or be a part of a church. And let me tell you what a church member is not, okay? A church member is not a part of a, a club, okay? Right off the bat, being a church member does not mean that you're a part of a club. You're, this isn't Sam's Club, okay? You don't have to, like, have your card when you come into this place. Um, you're not, this isn't like being a part of the Booster Club or, like, a vintage car club. 
you shouldn't come to church just for, for the perks, right? For what's in it for me. But instead, you should come to church to be a part of something bigger, to be on mission together with a group of people. In fact, the Bible says this is kind of the purpose of the church. And Jesus says this in Acts chapter 2, verse 47. He says, or the Bible says, and each day the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. Every single, every single week, people oh, go, actually go back. That's not right. Go back. Yeah. Acts 1.8. That's what Jesus says. Like Jesus said that, and that's like not what Jesus said. Here's what Jesus said. You'll be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere. That's the purpose of the church, to tell people about Jesus. It's not to be a part of a club, not to have the perks of being a member of an organization, but it's literally to tell people about Jesus. So that's what a church member is not supposed to be. He's not supposed to be someone who goes to a place to be part of a club. But you saw on the other, on the, on the other screen that a church member is a part of something special, right? Being a member of a church is where you are a part of something that actually is really pretty awesome. Now, the Bible does not talk about what it means to be a church member. There's no section you can go to and say, okay, here are the Ten Commandments of being a church member, and this is exactly how you be a church member. The Bible doesn't talk about that at all, but the Bible, the New Testament specifically, talks in several different places about um, that the church is made up of some, a group of people that is, that is special and has a special purpose. That's that verse, Acts 2, 47, says every day the Lord added to their number those who were being saved. So evidently there was a, a fellowship of people, a group of people, that every single day more people were, were joining that group, and it was based off of people who were being saved. Those are the ones who were added to that group. Now, the Bible talks a lot about church by using metaphors. And so Jesus taught metaphors. We love to use metaphors here because it helps us to understand in a deeper way what, the, what a biblical truth is. And the Bible uses several places and several different metaphors to describe the church. Like, for example, it says that we're a flock of sheep. That doesn't sound very good, okay? But we are a flock of sheep. The Bible says that leaders are supposed to care for the flock that God has entrusted to them. That's what First Peter says. They're supposed to be care for a flock. So it's dangerous if a, if a sheep, a single sheep, is alone, okay, in, in the real world. If you're alone out in the field, that's dangerous. And rogue sheep are easy prey for the enemy. But instead, sheep are protected when they are together. And that's what it means to be a part of a church, that you are together. You are a, a flock of sheep. It also says that you're, you're a family. That's another metaphor. The Bible says we're called the, the household of, of God. And what does family do? Family spends time together, and family does life together. But I think the, probably the best metaphor in the Bible for the church is when the Bible says that you are Jesus' body. You're Jesus' body. Look what 1 Corinthians 12 says. It says, the human body has, has many parts, but the many parts, they make up one whole body, and so it is with the body of Christ. There's the metaphor right there, okay? Some of us are Jews, some are Gentiles, some are slaves, and some are free. We're all different, that's what it's saying. But we all have been baptized into one body by one spirit, and we all share the same spirit. So what it's saying is the church is made up of people who have put their faith in Jesus, who have been baptized, and they are called the, the body of Christ. And I, I think using a human body as an example of the church is pretty awesome. It's pretty brilliant. Because think about it, the, the body has many parts, and these parts are intimately connected, and they're working together, and they're dependent on each other, and the body has... All these different kinds of unique parts. You have arms, 
You got legs, you got toes, you got fingers. Have you ever seen a finger that was like cut off and just like laying on the ground? Anybody ever had that happen to you? Anybody? Okay, some people in the back. Okay, yeah, you, you literally, you know what it looks like for your finger to be cut off and laying on the ground, okay? Like detached from, from the body. And it's, it's just like dying a slow death right there. Well, that's what it means or what it's like for a Christian, someone that says, I'm a believer in Jesus. I put my faith in Jesus, but they're alone. And they're separated from the church. It's not cool to do that. It's not trailblazing to do that. It's like a dead finger. It's just, it's gross and it's sad. And it's all alone. And so the Bible talks about how we are a family. We're a flock of sheep and we are the body of Christ connected together. And for some of you today, you need to figure out which body you're going to connect to. You know, which body you're going to attach to, which body you're going to join to. Because you need a church. And you aren't connected to a church. Now, I'll tell you this, the church needs you as well. Like every single body, every single body part is specific and unique and has a place in the church. It has a special role, and we need you. We need you. But I get it. Like there are, honestly, there are many people that are confused, and there's some confusion out there about why. Like why, why should I be a member of a church? I think it's kind of confusing today because really we're like, what are the benefits for me, you know? Why should I be a member of a church? Why should I be a member of that church or that church or that church or any church? Why do I need to be a member of a church? Honestly, what we're asking is, what are the benefits for me? And so I've got some benefits for you. I'm going to jump through them really quick. But here's some benefits of being a church member. One is people become committed to you. You're connected with people and you're committed together to each other. Galatians 6.2 says, share each other's burdens. And in the same way, you obey the law of Christ. And so you become a church member, you get other Christians who are committed to you, to to love you, to to serve with you, to serve you, to protect you, to, to support you, and to support your family. That's pretty awesome. You get people that are committed to you when you're a member of a church. Another benefit you get is you get leadership that is invested in you. Acts 20, 28, it's talking to leaders, says, the Bible says, so guard yourselves and God's people. Feed and shepherd God's flock, which is his church, purchased with his own blood. Jesus died for the church, over which the Holy Spirit has appointed you as leaders. So it's talking to leaders. And so what it's saying is, is when you become a member of church, you receive leadership that is for you, which is pretty awesome. You get leadership that is invested in you, has responsibility to, to love you, to support you, to provide for you, to spiritually feed you, to train, train you, to, to care for you. And honestly, this is pretty cool. Look what the Bible says to leaders in Hebrews chapter 13. The Bible says this. Their work, so it's talking to church members, and it's talking, about, talking to church members about leaders and says their work is to watch over your souls, and they are accountable to God. What it's saying there, and what I, what I believe it's saying, is that every single person one day that's on this earth will have to give an account for their life to God. But when specific people have been called to lead Jesus' church, they're also accountable for how they led the church. Which is kind of scary, right, Noah? <laughs> That's kind of scary to think about that we are we responsible. We're going to have to speak to God about um, how we led the church that God has put um, in, in char- we, us in charge of and over. So what that means is that we are accountable to a specific group of people. 
And if there isn't church membership, how do we even know who those people are, you know? So honestly, I'm not, I'm not accountable to God for, for people that are just roaming around and trying out different churches. I'm not accountable to people of other, other churches. Like, I'm not accountable to people that go to Life Church. That pastor is, right? I'm not accountable to people that, that go to First Baptist. That pastor is. And they're not accountable for, for you that are church members here. I am. That makes sense? And so if we didn't have church membership, then how do we know who we are actually accountable for and taking care of? Here's another benefit. You get a safety net that surrounds you, which is pretty awesome. You get a group of people that are for you and there to, to help you. Here's what the Bible says in Galatians 6. Dear brothers and sisters, if anyone, believe, if anyone believer is overcome by sin and you are, who are godly should gently and humbly help that person back onto the right path. And be careful yourself not to fall into the same temptation. Share each other's burdens and in this way obey the law of Christ. What it's saying is, is that, man, you're going to mess up. Every single one of us is going to mess up. We're going to sin. But when you're a church member, what's cool is you get a family who is called to gently and humbly help you back onto the right path. Not to belittle you, not to condemn you. Church members are not called to, to mock you or to publicly shame you. But the problem is, the sad part is that for a lot of you, that is your story, right? That's what you know about the church. That has scarred your, your past, and it shouldn't be that way. Being a church member should be a benefit for you instead of a hurt against you. Here's another benefit, the last one. You get to be or you get a difference-making team that locks arms with you. You get to be part of a team doing some pretty awesome stuff. Ephesians 4.16 says he makes this the whole body fit together perfectly. As each part does its own special work, it helps the other parts grow so that the, the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. What it's saying is, is when together we are on mission together, like great things happen, okay? Collectively doing our part, things change. And we get to be a part of a team that is shaping the world and changing the world. Your world of your neighborhood, your family, this community, and the specific places all around the, the literal world that God calls our church to. So when you ask, what's in it for me, what are the benefits? Those are the benefits. Those are some of the benefits. But honestly, I think that's, that's the wrong question to ask. The question should not be, why join a church? I think the real question you should be asking yourself is, why not? Why not? I think we've been going about this whole finding your fit when it comes to church membership the, the wrong way. And we're kind of like, we're kind of like a, a college team, okay? So this is my, one of my goals is to have a sports metaphor in every single sermon. So here we go. You ready? So that's just how my mind works, okay? So watch college football. Um, my father-in-law father and I were watching college football. And uh, I even wore like an OU jersey to try to support him. And I was over at his house, and it was just bad yesterday. And he looks over at me and says, now all those players are going to leave. They're going to leave OU and go somewhere else. All those new recruits are going to go somewhere else. I'm like, yeah, stinks to be you, man. And then, and then, uh, and then we watched the A&M game afterwards, and I, I literally said that I was saying the same thing, okay, about my, my, my team, that all these new recruits are going to leave. Because we have this, in college football, we have this thing called the transfer portal, you know. 
But all that college football is doing is acting like the modern church. That's what the modern church has. We have this transfer portal. And so if we don't like something at this church, what do we do? I'm out. I'm going to this other church. They got this new pastor. It's pretty awesome. I like the music over there. They're actually winning. Like, great things are happening. And so you move around. We have this transfer portal kind of mentality, which I do not think is biblical unless there are specific things happening that are wrong. Or you might look at church membership like you're trying on clothes, like you're at the store and you find things you think will fit. And so you go into the dressing room and you try that on like, oh, that's, that's too tight or that's too, too baggy or those, are too, those pants are too short. And so you're trying to find the, the fit for you. And I think a lot of times that's how we do church shopping is we're trying to find a church that fits us perfectly. But I also believe that some of us have some like serious like reservations about being a member of a church. Like there's this hesitation to do that. We have these commitment challenges because of like church hurts from our past, things that have happened to us. We've been wounded. I mean, for a lot of you, you've been hurt by the church. You've been burned by the church. There's a huge segment of our society that are called the de-churched, okay? Because at one time they were part of a church, but something happened that, man, it put a bad taste in their mouth. Every time they drive by a church, think about going to a church, are invited to a church, man, that taste just comes back up in their mind. And for a lot of you, you might be the same way, where you've been manipulated. You've been abandoned by people. And so you carry these church hurt scars all over you. And I just want to say this. I'm sorry. I mean, I'm really sorry. And honestly, you deserve more than an apology, but, but that's, all I've, that's all I can give you. You know, the church that Jesus died for should be better than that, you know? We should be more like Jesus instead of causing, like, trauma and pain and hurt in your life. And so you may be a church member today of this church or another church. It's fine. And you have questions that honestly keep you at a distance from like really being all in, from serving, from giving, from being a part of a, a group, a community, a, a small group. You have these reservations. And for some of you, you may be on the outside looking in on this whole thing about Christianity and trying to, to figure out if this is something I want to be a part of. And you're, you're questioning, and you have questions that keep you from saying yes to Jesus. You have questions that keep you from from being baptized and joining a church. And so here's what I want to do. I want to take the rest of our time today, and I want to address some questions, some, like, legit concerns that people have about the church. Y'all ready for this? Here's some, here's some that our staff we looked at. Here's some we think people actually have about the church. Here's, here's the first one. The church is corrupt. This is a legit concern that people have about the church. It's a, it creates hesitation from being all in and joining and being a part of of Jesus' church. We, a lot of people believe that the church is, is corrupt. Like, the church just wants my money, okay? And the pastor has this huge ego, you know what I mean? And what happens is, is you see church at best, you see it as unnecessary, and at worst, you see it as manipulative. And you're like, why would I want to even be a part of that? And the truth is, is that you're justified to think that way. Because we've seen this over and over again, that churches get sideways. They go sideways when 
their purpose and mission is off. And it becomes all about the numbers, right? And they manipulate people to make the church look good. Or they manipulate people to make the, the leader or the pastor look good. And then that pastor becomes untouchable and above it all. And if you were to ever get out of line or go against him, then bad things are going to happen to you. You know what I'm talking about? Man, the other day I was, I was listening to a, uh, or watching, reading an article. And it was talking about this pastor that got arrested up like in New York or something. And he was, he was uh, some, a, a lady came up to him while he was preaching and tried to, like, steal something from him. And so he, like, hit her or grabbed her and threw her. I don't know what, what happened. It was crazy. So he gets arrested for, like, a, like assault. And in the middle of this, this story, I'm like, this is kind of a crazy story. And the middle of the story says he did this because the previous week the lady did the same thing and actually robbed him while he was preaching and robbed him of $400,000 worth of jewelry that he was wearing. What? And the story goes on, and I, I was like, exactly. I stopped, and I was like, What? Like, this pastor had $400,000 worth of jewelry on. I'm like, I'm at the wrong church. You know what I'm saying? Like, what's going on? This guy, had, and it was just like a part of the story. It wasn't even the main thing. I'm like, that is the main part of the story, that a pastor had $400,000 worth of jewelry on. How does that happen? That's crazy. That is crazy. What happens is, a lot of times, churches get sideways on their purpose. And so do pastors. You know what? The Bible speaks. It speaks to the church and it speaks to the, the pastor in Psalm 25. and says this. May integrity and honesty protect me, for I have put my hope in you. This is King David as a leader of God's people saying, may integrity and Honesty, may it protect me. May, may, be, may it be what I am known for and all about. It says, may I put my hope in you. And so you may ask this question, what is this church all about? Where does this church put its, ho put its hope? And I'll tell you this, it's in Jesus alone, amen? It is in Jesus alone, not in bigger buildings, not in more rear ends in the seats, or not in trying to manipulate money out of you so they can have a lot of money, do a lot of things. Our hope is in making much of Jesus and not of ourselves, right? It's in making much of Jesus and not in ourselves. And I say this all the time. We want to be nobodies telling everybody about somebody, right? Like that is the purpose of our leadership. That is the purpose of our church. We want to tell people about Jesus. It's not about us. And so instead of being corrupt, the, the Bible actually gives us some, a better standard. Here's what the Bible says um, to, to church people, okay? Ephesians 5.1 says, imitate God. Like that should be what the church does. It should imitate God, therefore, in everything you do. Because you're his dear children. Live a life filled with love, following the example of Christ. He, and he gives, gives us what Jesus did for the church. He loved us and offered himself as a sacrifice for us, a pleasing aroma to God, like a sacrifice to God. So let there be no sexual immorality, impurity, or greed among you. And such sins have no place among God's people. And when the church is only for the church or for the leader, bad things happen, don't they? What happens is it becomes corrupt. Let me tell you, in all humility, we're not going to let that happen here. Like that is one of the driving focuses of our, of our, of our leadership team here. It's that everything we do to try to stay humble. 
And honestly, our, our staff does a great job of keeping me humble. <laughs> okay. It's like, Clayton, man, you're, you need to stop what you're doing. I'm like, okay, I'm, my bad. Okay. Here's the deal. Will we, will, we, will we get it all right? No. We're not going to get it all right. Will we mess up at times? Absolutely. Yes, we're going to mess up. We aren't perfect. But as long as I'm the pastor here, like, we're going to fight every single day to try to stay humble. Right? And let go of the glory that so many people try to seek because it's God's anyways and try to give it to him. And so honestly, that's a legit concern that people have, that the church is just corrupt. And I'd say that some churches are, and we're fighting to not be. We want to have accountability, transparency, and doing this together. So that's a legit concern. Here's another concern that people have. I love Jesus, but not the church. You ever heard that one? I love Jesus. Man, I'm all for Jesus. I'm fine with Jesus, but I got a problem with the church. I'll, I'll take Jesus, but I, I don't want anything to do, have anything to do with the church. You ever heard that before? I get it. It's true. We're hypocrites, aren't we? <laughs> you know? I mean, the, if you look at just the church and what the church does, we're full of sinners that, that messes up. But honestly, I think that a lot of people are looking at the church with the wrong lens. Like we put these judgmental lenses on where we kind of look at Jesus as separated from the church. And we're like, yeah, I like Jesus and all the things that he has done for me and what the Bible says that who he is. He's all love and forgiving. But, man, this church thing, I've seen all the corruption. I've seen all the things they've done that's wrong. I don't want anything to do with the church. And that's kind of how they view it. But that's, I think those are the wrong glasses to have. We shouldn't have judgmental glasses on. We should have Jesus glasses on. Because when Jesus looks at the church, he sees the church as different. He sees the church as his, as his bride, doesn't he? And that changes things. Their relationship is way different. It's not this separate thing. It is this together mentality. In fact, in Ephesians chapter 5, you've probably read this several times because it's talking about like a marriage relationship. But, but look what it says because it's really talking about another metaphor of the church. It says, for husbands, this means love your wives just as Christ loved the church. Usually we stop there. We're like, all right, guys, what's the plan, you know? What does this mean for us? But look at what it actually says. He gave up his life for her to make her holy and clean, washed by the cleansing of God's word. He did this to present her to himself as a glorious church without a spot or wrinkle or any other blemish. Instead, she will be holy and without fault. Here's what it's saying. You can't separate Jesus and his bride. You can't do it. They go together. And honestly, God wants you to have both. And we got to realize that the church isn't just an option, but it is, it is God's plan A. It is his plan A for the world. And I pray, honestly, I pray that you see the church like that. You don't separate them. They come together. We don't see the church as we don't, it's not defined by all its mess-ups, but it's defined by the cross of Christ and what Jesus has done for her. Here's, here's the final, like, legit concern that, that we're thinking about as a staff, and it's this. Why central? I mean, seriously, why us, you know? Why central? I'll say this. You'll never find a church that fits perfectly. In this finding your fit thing, you're never going to find a church that, that fits perfectly. And if that's your standard to try to find a church that fits perfectly, you're going to spend your entire life bouncing from church to church in different place, complaining about how much this church 
does this one thing or doesn't do this one thing, and I'm, a, I'm trying to looking for a church that fits me. And you may be thinking about leaving your church, whether it's this church or, or another church. And the reason you're leaving is because you're trying to find something that meets, meets your needs. But honestly, I'd say this means that, that you're searching for the perfect church, and that church, it just doesn't exist. It doesn't exist. You need a church. You need a church, so plug in wherever you're at. And if you're trying to leave your, your church, whether it's this church or another church, to, to find your perfect fit, unless there's like theological big red flags going on, or there's, they're going in a different direction than a godly direction, if those things aren't happening, Stay at your church. This is not a great uh, sermon for, like, like church growth, okay? If, if, if that's going on, stay at your church because God has called you to be at that church, and that's a good church. If God has placed you there, then that's great. Now, if God's calling you to a different place for a different reason or if you've, you've physically moved to a new location, that's a totally different thing. And the same thing goes with people who are here. They'll be like, man, I'm just not sure about this whole thing and what's, what's happening. Well, check this. Is what we're doing theologically correct? Are we preaching God's word? Are we trying to stay humble? And it's not about us, but it's about sharing Jesus with the lost world. Have we been praying and, and humbling ourselves and trying to go in God's direction? Well, we have. I'm asking you, stay with it. If it's about preferences and about certain things that I like, here's the deal. You're going to go to another church and you're going to find the same problems. Right? You're going to find the same problems. But I'm telling you what, you need a church. You need a place to plug in. So wherever God has you, whether it's here or somewhere else, plug in. It's important for you because here's what Ecclesiastes says. Ecclesiastes 4 says this. If one person falls, the other can reach out and help. But someone who falls alone, man, they're in real trouble. It goes on and says, three are even better for a triple-braided cord is not easily broken. Man, you need people around you. It's not good to be alone and just hopping from one place to another. Wherever God has you, like plant yourself. Plant yourself and go all in. Here at Central, we have this, we have our vision to be a church where Jesus changes everything. And we truly believe that, that if we are living out our, our mission, our purpose, which is to live for Christ, to love people, and to make disciples, if we're doing those things, Think about it. If we're doing those things, you're going to be changed. People's lives are going to be changed. This church is going to be changed. You know what else? This community is going to be changed. And in some ways, the world will change. That's why we believe so heavily in that, that vision and that mission. That's, that's what we're, in a nutshell, that's what we're trying to do here at this church. But I'll say the biggest part of that is not the word vision or mission, but the biggest part is the word our it's not my vision and my mission. It is our vision and our mission together as a local church. And so we want to remind ourselves why we exist. That's why we talk about it all the time. We want to share that with other people. So you may ask this. Why the church? Why central? Well, let me ask this. Why not? God's called you here. Let's go, right? Let's do this together. 
If he's called you to somewhere else, praise God. Go and do that with them. Because here's the deal. Isolation is not the answer. Being alone is not the answer. And searching for the perfect fit is not the answer. And running from your church when you disagree over some minor things, honestly, that's not the answer. The truth is, is the world hates you. Jesus says that the world hates him, and so it's going to hate you if you're a follower of Jesus. It's the world wants you to be isolated. And the devil wants to do the same thing to you. He wants to isolate you, and he wants to convince you that there is a perfect church out there. Just remain isolated, remain all alone for year after year trying to find the perfect church. And you know what? He's going he's to tell you that there is a perfect church out there. And just keep searching and searching. And if you don't like this one, there's at least a dozen ones that are perfectly fit for you just down the road. And when you don't like that church, there's going to be another one just right down the road. And so you spend your entire life searching and searching instead of just saying, you know what? The church is going to be messed up. The church is going to have its faults. Wherever God calls me, I'm going to plant and I'm going to go all in. Because God has a gift for you and his gift is the local church. A church, get this, that is committed to you. A church that is connected to you. It's a group of people who, you know what, they're going to be there for you when your life falls apart, right? When bad things happen. You don't want to be alone in that moment. But it's amazing when you're a part of a group of people. When bad things happen, they get to be there for you. Well, the cool thing is, is when bad things happen in their life and tragedy happens, you have a chance to be Jesus to them and be there for them as well. You get to be a part of a group of people who are committed to helping you raise your kids. That's a hard job, isn't it? Doing that all alone. But when you're a part of a church, they are committed to helping you do that. Help you raise, Jesus, raise their kids, your kids to love Jesus and live for him, which is pretty awesome. You don't have to be alone anymore. And my prayer is that you will find your fit here at Central or wherever God takes you. And honestly, my prayer is that you will you'll run to the, the church because of Jesus instead of running from the church because of us, <laughs> you know? Like you will run towards the church because of who Jesus is and what he's done for the church instead of because of our faults because we have problems. Let me just have like a, a quick heart-to-heart -heart talk with some of us in this room. Like, if you're leaving your church because of, like, a preference, let me ask you really why. Why are you doing that? If you're here trying to check this church out, but you've got a good church, like, why are you really leaving? I mean, if you feel like, you know, God's really moving you and calling you, that's a totally different story, but, but why? Check why are you actually doing that. For some of us in this room... We'd say this is our place, this is our fit, but really not all in. And my question is, why are you not all in? Like, why do you not give the way that God has actually called you to give, but you've been holding back? Why are you not serving the way you know you need to serve? You have the ability to serve, but you're kind of holding back. Why are you not in a group? Why are you not committed to a group of people Learning and growing in your relationship with Jesus. Why are you not doing that? Why are you just showing up and attending like an outsider? This, this is your home. Why are you not all in? And I think for some of us in this room, maybe some people watching online, you're, you're dating this church. And you've been dating this church for way too long, okay? 
Like, like I mean, you've been engaged for like five years. Like, it's time to, to make a decision, you know? My question is, what are you waiting for? Like, this is it. I'm not going to change. Like, this, this is what you get, okay? If God's called you to this place, why not now? So here's what I want to do. I want to take a minute, and, and uh, I think it's a good chance for us to just maybe take a moment and pray personally and privately about maybe what God is, is doing in this room right now or doing online right now. And so I want to ask you to, to bow your heads for just a second. Let me lead you in something. I want you to think about some things here. Is it time for you to have an honest conversation with God? There may be some people here that would, maybe it's you, they would just say, you know what, God, I'm prone to run when I don't like things. But I believe you've called me to my church, whether that's here or another church. And so, you know what, I'm going to recommit to my church right now. Maybe it's time to have an honest conversation with God and just maybe you're the person that's even searching for far too long for a church, trying to find like that, that perfect fit and you've been testing the waters and you need to be a part of a good and honest church. And you believe God's calling you to, to central, which is awesome, but you've been fighting it and you've been, it's been, there's been things that have kept you from just saying, saying yes, but you're ready to say yes. Why are you waiting? Because you know that God has called you to be a part of a church. And this is a great one to be a part of. Maybe some, of you, some people in this room, that you know, you'd say, you know what, I don't really have a relationship with you, God. And I've been living my life on my own and trying to do all of this on my own. And you would say, if you're just honest, you'd say, you know what, I need Jesus. God, I need Jesus. What if right now is the moment for you to confess your sins? Confess that you're a sinner and you need a savior and you want Jesus to come into your life. And when you pray that prayer right now and ask Jesus to wash you clean of all your guilt and all of your shame and make you new. He will do that. He died for you, but you gotta choose him. Maybe that moment is now. Maybe for some of you in this room, it is time to show the world that you're a follower of Jesus by being baptized, and you've never done that. Maybe you've been a part of this thing for a really long time, but you've never been baptized. I'm like, come on, let's do this. Let's celebrate together what God has done. Maybe it's time for you to say yes to that. I think there's a lot of yeses in this room that we're hanging on to and we're not releasing. What is God asking you to say yes to right now? God, I thank you for every single person in this room, every single person in the nursery, working with the kids right now, all the kids over there. I thank you for everyone that's watching online right now. And Lord, I just have a simple prayer that whatever our yes is, God, that we would be open-handed with that. And we would move today. That today would be the day of yes, whether that's trusting Jesus for the first time, joining this church, being baptized, being all in at this place. Or maybe it's being all in wherever you've called us. 
God, being a part of your church is important. It might be confusing sometimes, but I pray, God, that today there's been a little bit of clarity about what it means to be a part of your bride, the body of Christ. Help us, God, to make a decision for you today. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, thank you so much for joining us today at worship. We're so glad that you're able to join us. If you are ready to join us, hey, I want to invite you next week. Come on, join us in service. Um, if not, that's fine. We love our online family as well. If you made a decision today, we would love to know about it. You can either put it in the comments section uh, or you could just email us at prayer at cbcawaso.org. We would love to hear about it. Remember, here at Central, we exist to live for Christ, love people, and make disciples. See you guys later.